Yes, folks, once again, we return. It's episode 96 of the Uticast, and today I'm very excited to bring on a very, very overdue guest, our good friend from the Barden Mudfest 2017, Dan Williams, is on the show uh, to share his story and promote this weekend's event. Uh, plus, we're talking about Utica Day for one last time. We're also talking about the March for Science. We're talking about Earth Day. We're sharing some history lessons, and we're going to go on the world's worst first date with some terrible first date questions all that and more episode 96 folks we are always happy that you're here anything, everything better, even bad omens. Hey folks, welcome back to the Uticast, episode number 96. Um, if you, if it sounds like I have weird vibes in my voice and feelings of deja vu, it's... Then you're back, it's <laughs> Tuesday. Then you're back, it's Tuesday. Uh, no, we, uh, we just encountered a little technical difficulty and it's thrown me off my game here for a moment. Oh, I feel a little funny right now. It feels funny now, right? We recorded funny. six minutes of podcast and then I had an unexpected error on the, uh, on our studio computer. So we're just gonna run this segment back and try to sound natural, but yeah, we okay. just said all this stuff so we might miss some stuff. Yeah, so yeah, we, we just... So we seem overly excited, it's just because... <laughs> well, you know what it is? So instead of doing... this time we got loose before yeah, we recorded. No, we got yeah. loose. Yeah. So, you know, instead of going right into the segment that I, we just did, I'm going to uh, subvert for a second. Uh, welcome back, folks, again, episode 96. As always, we have Kevin Sullivan on my right. Not that you can see him on my right. And, of course, uh, Heather Wazlewski on our left. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. See? I got it. I'm getting down. Uh, and I want to give you a special shout-out today, Heather. Because you came into the studio on your son's first birthday. To record this. That's, that's your son's first birthday. Yeah, he's one today. Nice. That's yep. a that's a strong move. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed with your commitment he to the show. He was napping and napping, so we're yeah. Good. What's he doing? He's one. Yeah, that's true. He's all, he's all birthdayed out right yeah, now. Yeah, today's no different than yesterday. It's not different than tomorrow. But thank you. No, he's good. What's a first birthday celebration like? Uh, we, Is it just you guys? It's just us. We didn't do a cake or anything. I don't understand the whole smash cake kind of thing. So. It's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I have a kid, look at me. I know, and it's like, and look, I had this perfect cake made for him. But no, we um actually took him out yesterday rock climbing. Yes, so I saw. So we spent the day out with us up north in the, in the woods with friends. And... We may have talked about this last week. Um, but I, I was in my learning and cognition class a few weeks ago, and they discussed that uh, in terms of childhood development, like uh, kids don't um, uh, incur long-term memories or concrete memories until about the age of three. Yeah. So I feel like that's three is probably the first birthday of merit for yeah, most kids, Yeah, that's what we right? said. We said when he can understand what's going on. I mean, we said happy birthday to him. And you, it looked like a call was surrounding him. All of a sudden, like all these heads are in his face and he's like, what is, he doesn't yeah. understand. Like, what do you, you know, so. Yeah, he doesn't have object permanence yet. Yeah. Once the party's gone, he may, there's never ever a party ever yeah. again. Yeah, so when everyone's like, you don't have to get a cake for him, I'm like, why? He doesn't understand and he doesn't eat cake. So mm. I don't, people actually made me, were complaining about it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, happy first birthday to uh, Kaz, handsome Kaz, our, our youngest fan. Okay. Now, on to business again, episode 96, and I actually, I'm shocked that it took us 96 episodes to get back to our good friend Dan Williams, uh, representing the Barden Mud Fest taking place this Saturday, uh, April 29th. 
I was confused when we went out there yesterday because I thought he had been on the show before, but no. I must be thinking about the videos we did for last year's Mud Run. Which were a lot of fun. So if you've been on YouTube, uh, you know, go on YouTube, go to MadeInUtica.com, uh, check out our videos from last year if you want to see we some... We should link them. Throw them on Twitter this week, too. I will. People. Put them on the website and on the Facebook. That's a good idea. Just a link so they can watch you out there in your full athletic <laughs> prowess. What's that called on Reddit? Stopping these obstacles. What's that called on Reddit when you re-up... Just a re-upload, or when you relink something that was already up before. When you repost something, is it a repost? Yeah, you got a repost. repost. I thought there was a better Hashtag term. Hashtag repost. No, I think it's just repost. You're the repost man. The repost man. Repost man. I need that theme song. Somebody who's good with music, make me that. <laughs> make me the repost. And if you get that reference, we'll send you a free T-shirt. I'll let you pick any T-shirt on the Sam's dresser, and you can have it. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me give you guys a little backstory. Up on uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, uh, Kevin and I and Mr. Maiden Utica himself, Justin Parkinson, went up to uh, MKJ Farm to visit uh, Dan Williams as they were getting ready uh, for this weekend's Barden Mudfest, uh, which is the, I want to say, he told me, it's, in the interview he said it's either the third or the fourth. I want to say this is the fourth? I don't know. I'm not it's sure. fourth or fifth. Um, either way, it's one of those three. Three, four, four, five. Uh, it's been done before. It's yeah, been done before. And one of the, and you know, it's it's a great event. And one of the things I told him actually during the interview is this is one of the first years I've talked about the event to people, and people have given me like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. So mm -hmm. I think that just general casual conversation I'm getting from word on the street is more people are interested in this Absolutely, event. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And they're, I, they're starting to build something really special. Yeah. There. And I told them there is we were leaving. I said, you know. Uh, this event works because it appeals to people for a lot of different reasons, plus it still has this very singular, unique vibe about it with the way you guys have presented this as like a very one-in-its-own type situation with all the obstacles and the way that the beautiful scenery. It's a great, it's a great event, so... Uh, and again, we're going to talk about a lot of that during the interview, but if you folks want to register, you can still register. Go to bardenmudfest.org uh, or... As Dan mentions in the interview, you can actually just register right at the door. The uh, the full race starts at 9 a.m. You're going to want to get there for opening ceremonies earlier than that, though, 7.30, a.m. Again, go to bardenmudfest.org for more information to register. Or, again, just go on up. There's going to be Which a lot of cool... Which is the coolest part, and I may have already said this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, no, it really is the fact that I could wake up or anyone could wake up and be like, let's just go do this today, and yeah. let's go run it. Let's just go do this. You and can't he... really do that with any race. Every race, you have to sign up ahead of time. You have to commit to it, but you can actually wake up. Mm -hmm. In the morning, go, and I tell you I'm what, go do an obstacle course. You better enjoy it this year too, because I don't think it's going to stay that way if this thing keeps growing. What yeah. they're doing, I mean, we went up there and I was I was blown away. Everybody was so nice, mm -hmm. and it's just like this group of like friends and family just building I, this thing from the ground up. They took us out on the four wheelers to look at some of these obstacles. That's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. You, when I did the race a couple of years ago, even the start when you start the race, it's all connection the whole way, and mm -hmm. everyone's just so nice, and the bands are great, and the food is great, and like everyone's your friend and helping you through it's awesome we, we went up there yesterday i had never met anybody besides dan i'd never met anybody from his extended crew i met like him and his wife at the brewery one time mm -hmm. and i mean we we're treated as family up there immediately and just the vibe that they put on for the whole thing and it's almost you almost it's, have to have that when you're going through like an obstacle course yeah, like that like i was looking like, at those it's not like a commercial thing it's mm -hmm. like a real nice fun Event. Well, I've been posting a couple of the photos that we, we <laughs> took from the event, and uh, one of the first ones, and it's kind of, I noticed it's kind of weird to see out of context, is this unfinished obstacle that they're building for the event on Saturday. Uh, and what's crazy about it is it looks almost complete, and they started building it like the day before. You should see these guys out here. They're amazing, amazing carpenters. Uh, Kev, you made a comment to me that stuck with me after we were talking about it. You leaned over to me at one point in time and said, 
<laughs> is this what happens if we didn't turn all our free time into music and turned it into tools? <laughs> like, would we just well, be able to build all this? Well, that's what I said, because these guys were all like, you know, yeah, we just, you know, we're coming up. We just, you know, we like to party and just build stuff. Like, that's what we do. We just, you know, we'll hang out. Like, they were, you know, having some beers out in the sun, doing their thing. Like, yeah, we just build stuff. And I said to Sam, like, see, maybe we should have bought power drills instead of guitars <laughs> yeah. back when we started hanging out. Because, like, the vibe was all very similar. Like, just a bunch of dudes that are friends. But, man, the, those guys can just pop up any structure It's amazing. Want. The it stuff crazy. they were building is is really intense. I, I sort of envy people who have... That's, like, one thing that I'm not super good at that I'm kind of angry that I'm not good at is, like, construction. What, carpentry? Building, carpentry building, things like that. I'd like to be good at it. I'd like to know more about it. But I feel like uh, I just don't do enough of it. You have to, like, want know. to do it. You have to want to do it, right? <laughs> These people like to, they want to do and it. And I want to do a lot of things. And I feel yeah. like it's low on the list of things I want to do that I never get time for. Uh... Again, folks, Saturday, April 29th, early in the morning, uh, check out BardenMudFest.org. That is not, of course, the only event going on on Saturday. The other, of course, is the second annual Utica Day, presented by uh, Made in Utica and, of course, MVCC. Uh, going to take case at the Jorgensen Center. It's $5 general admission, $2 for uh, is it staff, faculty. MV employees. MV employees, and uh, free for students. So uh, students, come on out. It's going to be a great time. We have... <clears throat> All right, let's do it. 50-plus uh, local vendors. Uh, we have live music from the Matt LaMeo Band. Uh, we have four uh, certified exciting guests on the panel this year, hosted by um, our longtime friend and former host, Aaron Higgins. It's going to be Justin Parkinson from Maiden Utica. You guys have heard of him. Uh, Carrie Bostick, our GFOP from the Observer Dispatch. The OG from the OD. The OG from the OD. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know why I got I so excited for that. I don't know why I got so excited. Nobody knows what he did. Uh, Christina Diomigo. <laughs> I live here and I'm leaving. Christina Diomigo from OB Training uh, and Derek Crossman from the city of Utica representing the mayor's office. Uh, it's sure to be a great panel uh, hosted again by the vivacious, wonderful Aaron Higgins. Uh, I will be doing some live streaming as well for the Maiden Utica and Uticast websites, so that'll be a lot of fun. Stop by and say hello to us. We have live painting from MVCC professor uh, Jed Kimball, who is apparently your boy. He is not only is he my boy, but he is my cousin. Your cousin. He is my cousin. He married my cousin Kelly a bunch of years ago. Uh, Jed is a Jed's a great guy. He's one of the one of the nicest guys, and he's also super talented. Mm. So I'm interested to see what he's gonna paint, what he's gonna do out there. Um, so he's doing live painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's oh, gonna cool. be doing live painting, and I see him uh, if you follow him on Instagram. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I think he just uses his actual name, so it won't be hard to find. He puts out like just some of the most impressive stuff, like five pictures a day, and they're all incredible. He did this painting of um, his father-in-law, my uncle Jimmy, and it's one of the like it's one of those like family heirloom type pieces, a painting that would hang above a stone fireplace for five generations. And he's from this air, and he's from. Uh, I am not sure okay. if he's originally from here. I only got to know him as he started dating That's... my cousin and eventually married her. I'm not sure. I don't think he's originally from around here, but. He's I'm just excited to see some good art. Uh, well, he is on... And live painting. Yeah. He yeah. is on Instagram at Jed Kimball, J-E-D-K-I-M-B-A-L-L, uh, or you can go to YouTube.com. He's got a YouTube profile as well. Yeah, nice. it's really impressive. And I remember, he must be an MV for a long time, because I remember his name around when I was registering for classes years ago. Mm -hmm. okay. so. uh, also, recent Uticast guests, uh, Jack Flans and his daughter Mo Flans from the Jack and Mo Cooking Show will be doing a live cooking, uh, live cooking oh. event from there as well. They're awesome as well. They're great, great people. Uh, and of course, 
my favorite person from the downtown get down from the summer. The live glass blowing demonstration. I thought he was great last year. I, I ran into that, him. He was such a cool. He's not only is he good at what he does, he's also really a really cool guy. That's impressive so, to see live too. Yeah, glass blowing is wild. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna. I, I can admit when I was wrong. Okay, I'm gonna admit <laughs> that I'm wrong here. I remember seeing the glass blowing thing when they were setting it up and being like, glass. Oh, yeah. Why? What? Why? What is this? The 1800s? Yeah. What are we doing out here? Uh, and then immediately, once I stopped back later on to see what everyone was looking at, and I was captivated by the flames and craftsmanship, I said, ah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I was mistaken. Oh. I'm, I'm not ashamed. That's a true art, though. That's true. Fool. Awesome. I'm a fool. <laughs> fool in man's shoes. Uh, all right. So, again, folks, uh, great events. You know, support them. I'm very, I'm very happy to be supporting these two great events. I think they're awesome times, uh, and I think that, well, come on. What are you going to do with your weekends every day? That's you the know? perfect time. What are you going to do with Is your Saturday? Six, uh, six to nine. Six to nine. Six Great to nine. Time, yeah. And that's like the perfect time because you've already done everything you need to do for the day. You've ate. And now you're like, what else do I do for the next few hours? Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Exactly. All right. So uh, I think it's time to get into this week's non-putting ourselves over and advertisement-based stories for events. Uh, so this weekend, uh, somewhere in this weekend, me and Heather are trying to figure out exactly when, if it was Saturday or Sunday, was Earth Day. It was Saturday. I mean, um, I and I well, Earth Day was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Every day is Earth Day. That's what you there told you me. Every day is That's Earth what you told day. me on the way in here. <laughs> uh, and the only reason I bring it up is I did notice I'm seeing a lot more uh, buzz about Earth Day. Seems like in general, uh, environmental issues are becoming a a big talking point, uh, like nationally. Uh, and you were sort of you brought it up when we were walking in today. I feel like Earth Day was something that was talked about a lot when we were younger. Yeah, when we were younger, I mean, I remember it always. There was like the litter bug commercials, and yeah. there were like you know, and there was all this it was talk like a about it. Commercial and too. the recycling was huge. Yeah. And, and then I feel like it went away, and then all of a sudden it just came back. I don't think so much that it went away. I don't think it was. It's. You know what I think it was? So think about, but if you think about the years that we think it went away, right? So it seemed very prevalent when we were children, and then during all of our awful hormone driven teenage oh, years we're like oh they must not have been talking we just don't remember because we Maybe. had bigger fish to fry and now we get to an age where we start having a little more consciousness and I thinking feel like even as an adult I haven't heard a lot about global warming and things like I have now though like this the way it's coming out now yeah, um, I feel like it's it's easier to get some. I think having generations raised with specifically with global warming, like since they started with an inconvenient truth, which was what like two thousand four, I think when they put mm-hmm. out that movie that sort of brought it to the mainstream. I think also uh, number one, especially with Earth Day, it becomes an easy thing to hashtag and be like, "Look at me, it's Earth Day. Here's a picture of a tree, like in a, in my yard and stuff." But so that stuff, like you know, for as much as you can you can knock it, but it mm-hmm. brings the prevalence to you know the conversation at least and gets it's it around. It's more in our face now than social yeah, media. It's more in our face, and I think also you know because less and less is being done. It seems like because our government seems to be denying it further and further, it naturally just creates that pushback mm-hmm. where more and more people pay attention. Just like no, 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 this is all very wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Can I, this is going to sound kind of weird, and I'm probably going to garter some eye rolls from listeners out there. Last week we talked about the atheism thing. I do think that to a certain extent, because I have this atheist leaning, I'm very interested in science and nature to a degree that's a little bit greater than I, right? Like it may be, and I don't know if there's a real connection there between those two things. Uh, I, I see it in my head, but maybe that's just me because much like anything else, you can internalize a lot of those concepts. But I always do, I, I make a connection between those two things. So I, I think do think atheists and the, or something like that are more interested in facts. If you, <laughs> no, well, you are though. I mean, like, you know that true. this thing, you don't believe more, in something and you are more like, um, 
interested in. You're more interested in, in evidence and verifiability. Yes, is thank what it you, is. thank you. Because you're, you're interested in. You like me. to you like to see the proof. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the like, search for it, answers has a, a greater meaning yeah. when you're looking for something greater, right? If when, you don't, yeah. When you know that when you don't believe that there's a higher power up there controlling or doing things, then you w- need to know what can I do to fix things right. because. It's not in all the fate of something. It's well, in the fate of us. So well, I think that I think that what it comes down to too is when you try to incorporate religious beliefs in with you know scientific exploration, I think it becomes too easy to fudge it in the margins and be like, well, we can't necessarily explain that one weird thing about quantum physics or about space, but ah, it must be all part of God's plan. Yeah, so, so I don't have to look you know, into I'm it further and, the, and like find a real answer. And we don't want and I don't want to make people upset with my mm. beliefs, but at the same time, I I live on facts. So therefore, if something is melting and I need to figure out a way to help make it better, well, then I'm going to. Well, I think no matter, and you know, no matter what you believe in your personal life, I think the lack of scientific literacy is a huge problem mm-hmm. facing our country. And you know, you hope that our generation will be the one. But like, man, I'd be a lot more comfortable if there were more people in positions of power in this country who seem to have a better grasp mm-hmm. on science. Oh, yeah. Especially with the lack of funding now. Like, yeah. obviously, they're saying right now, we don't, we don't care. Well, I don't think it's ironic that uh, this weekend, not only being Earth Day weekend, was also the March for Science. Now, um, I know that the March for Science numbers were only in the tens of thousands. I know that that's not as impressive when you compare it to like the Women's March and the numbers that that pulled out across the country. Um, but I do think it's important that these events happen. Um, this also coincides with Neil deGrasse Tyson releasing that four-minute video on Facebook that's up to, like, 25 million views right now, which is insane. You uh, must be cringing with all of this going on. Well, like, that's sort of what the video is about. But I didn't, yeah. I of course, didn't see the video, but... <laughs> okay. Well, I'll show it. It's it's four minutes long. If, you, if you're interested in this kind of thing, it's probably worth taking a watch. Um, here's my problem, though. This is something that's been kind of rolling around my head a little bit for the last couple of days because of it, right? Um... I like everything that's being said. I like the March for Science. I like all the stuff that's being brought up in discussion because of it. I'm glad that Neil deGrasse Tyson exists in our world to talk about science in a way that uh, tends to resonate with the common person more than most, I think. Um, That being said, I wonder sometimes if the people who really we want to hear these messages ever actually hear them, or are we Oh, absolutely not. Right, like, is all of this March for Science and these videos, this is all just us yelling... The, well, the marching is one thing because it's something out of the norm. Like, that, I saw, I watched that video that he put out as well, and and to be fair, I'm kind of out on Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. anyway, but, like, not even letting that cloud my judgment, like, so, okay, so you've done this same video, this same message mm. 30 times yeah. before, and it goes to all the same people, and all the same people share it with all the same people, and all the right. same people yeah. see it, but the problem that, that we're having and all across society, and this is a huge, huge problem, doesn't really have answers, is how do you communicate this stuff to the people who aren't willing to listen to it? Because you can see all that stuff. We watched that video. There's nothing in that video that we didn't know implicitly that we mm. couldn't have said ourselves. Like, they had a nice production budget, but... Um, well, go ahead. No, no. Well, no, I'm back. I mean, we're talking about him, but are we also talking about the march and how is that, if politically they're, they care? Right, like, do people see I, the march? I think, yeah. that, I think that they do, in a way, because before it was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We're getting lots of people together, and the and, and in politics, when they hear people saying things, yeah. they're going to consider them when it comes to voting. They are, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, when you have thousands of people marching for something, it, it means something. And, that's and exactly, it resonates. So. That's exactly why I said, you know, the march, I think, is great. I think and the video, though, on the other hand, is just another video out that, there. That, that was, and then sad to say. Well, that, that was that's exactly my point. You know, the people going out and marching, that's something different. That's something mm-hmm. outside the norm. 
when it comes back around to a lot of the videos and the, the sharing, like, I saw two really good signs that made a good point about, and there were a lot of great signs from the science rally. Like, there yes, were tons of really good I have a couple ones. of them written down. There was one guy who had a sign that said, if you've got this many introverts out doing one thing together in public, you know there's really a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Then there was another guy who's like, you know, this doesn't stop here. You can't stop caring when you go home. A like mm-hmm. is not enough. A share is not enough. Stay active. Stay involved. Mm-hmm. And that's the real... That's the kicker. If you want to do it, it's going to take more than a video on Facebook. Well, I want to make one point about that video because there was one thing that sort of stuck with me and it made me feel bad because as a scientist in general, I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson is a scientist, obviously, but scientists in general operate under this idea of rational thought, right? He makes a comment in there like, you can believe that E equals MC squared, but it's like, but that's not true, right? You mean like, you can't deny it. You You can... You can believe it, but you're wrong. The problem is people will dispute anything now. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, he says, like, E equals MC square is not disputable, where someone will go, well, how do you know that that's true, right? And you can sit and record it. People just want to be... It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, they don't want fat. They don't care about fat. We've gotten it's, we've gotten in a dangerous place where people think that that like freedom of thought or freedom of speech means that their ignorance is just as good as your mm-hmm. fact. Yes. Well, for example, my husband brought up a point that there in Florida they did a test where water is rising there, and people know it's rising, but they don't want to believe it's because of global warming or because wa- they don't want to believe in global. They don't believe in it, but the water's rising, and Florida is going. Down well, more, for, but for, they don't. But they don't want to believe the facts. They don't. They refuse to see why. Well, that's and I think there's a difference between you know the 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 common and I won't try to be too disparaging. The common person who doesn't believe in global warming and thinks it's a liberal hoax or whatever, and the people in power and these politicians, these guys are the disingenuous ones because they know goddamn well that it's a fact mm-hmm. because they have a, tons of full reports carried out by every single branch of the military that says the biggest threat facing our national security is climate change. I mean, you look at Florida, the city of Miami is spending hundreds of millions of dollars in infrastructure projects and different projects in their city to fight back against the coming ocean, and they know that it's not going to make a difference to trying to buy the time. They wouldn't be spending hundreds of millions of dollars if they thought that it was a liberal hoax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, follow, no <laughs> follow the money. Like, it sounds good when you pitch it to the people who live in Alabama or Holland Patton and don't know any better, mm-hmm. but, like, they're still doing the work out here. That's not really a deniable thing. And that's the problem, because when people are like, I'm not going to listen to a fact, I don't care if you prove it to yeah. me, so, what, do, you, what do you do? No, there's no convincing them. There's nothing you can do at But then point. what do you do when there's so many of them? That's that's a, that's, the scary, that's, that's the scary part. Yes. You vote, because those people vote. That's the problem, and, and I think people yes, need to understand it's voting small. Those idiots start. vote. We learned that in November, and we've learned that, you know, watching a lot of Congress through the last 10 or 20 years. Okay. Those seem to be the people who are voting, so we have to also be the people that are voting, mm-hmm. not just once every four years. Okay. Uh, if you want some extra reading on this, BBC put an interesting article out today about how civilizations, uh, Western civilizations historically collapsed. Uh, spoiler alert, common trends, environmental strain, and growing economic, uh, what's the word, inequality. Hey, go figure. What a surprise. You know what's something really interesting that I saw that actually goes with this, and it just popped into my head because I think it might have been BBC as well. Sure. They were saying one of the problems that we're having with convincing all these people, because they're basically trying to address, like, how come there's so many people that are just like, you know, that are okay with them rolling back these EPA regulations. How can these people be okay with it? And they talked about basically the idea that we've come, we've made it so far and we have it so good in this, in, you know, in the country right now. Everybody does. Like comparatively to the world and comparative to world history, we have it amazing here that we've come so far from the hard times that now our generation, I don't say our generation specifically, like but like the people right? around right now, they don't, 
like conceptualize, you know, like these people who are anti-vaccination, for example, these people are like, oh, I'm not going to vaccinate my kids. Oh, it's polo, you know, polo, measles, whatever it is. Cause they never lived through seeing that be a horrible yeah. thing. Like these environmental problems got so bad that we had to put these regulations in place. And now you're so far removed from the bad times. You don't have any respect for how bad it was and what had to be done to get us to this point. No. It's people like going to have to learn the hard way. Like we're like, like, yes, we were born like born into a rich family, and we have no idea what it's like to struggle. We have no idea. So I think that's we need to struggle every, again. And that's and, every single person. Yeah, in this country. but that's no. what our country has come to. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, before we get into this week's interview, uh, just a interesting point of note for this weekend, April twenty eighth, uh, we have the potential government shutdown. They're voting on uh, the spending bill. So by the time we get to next week episode. Might be government shutdown. You never know. Well, how are you going to shut down the government when you have the presidency, every single House of Congress, and the Supreme Court? Uh, you we'll do, think, who knows? You do it by, but, but like, then they, they go don't put money here. for that wall, they're going to close, they're going to shut it down. And then they're going to blame it on the Democrats somehow, even though they control yeah. everything. And I those know, idiots are going to eat it up. Again. Oh. Again. Let's, uh, oh. let's get into this week's interview. Uh, again, I am shocked it took us this long to talk to uh, GFOP. Dan Williams, uh, who is... The main driving force, at least in terms of promoting and getting the word out for the Barden Mud Fest. Uh, Dan is a wonderful guy. Could and, not be a more gracious guy. Yeah, uh, and I want to say a couple things first. I need to get some things out of here. We came up to Dan's uh, place of business where he's with his family and friends on a Sunday afternoon while he was enjoying barbecue. Sunday evening, really. Sunday evening, yeah. He was enjoying family and friends time. He took time out of his day. Uh, to spend time with us, gave us almost a half an hour of interview. Uh, we did it inside the barn there, so if you notice the echo, that's just on-location stuff. Sorry about that. Um, again, we were having a good time on the weekend, so... Going to be some drinking and cussing, Sam? There's going to be some drinking and cussing. I was going to... <laughs> look, I was going to go through and cut out every ep- thing of drinking and swearing and cussing, but... Does anybody who listens to the show care, you think? Probably not. I don't think Probably not. So I'm just going to leave it in because, you know, Dan, one thing you'll know about Dan when you hear the interview is he has this radiant positivity that shines through in his, like, demeanor and his voice no matter what he's talking about. And he's very emotionally driven. And when he's happy, you can feel it. And when that sadness comes over it and he gets that emotion, you can feel it, too. And he's a very earnest, honest man. And uh, it was a real pleasure and uh, an honor to spend some time with him talking about uh, this weekend's Barden Mudfest. So let's not delay. Here's me and Dan Williams. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm not getting married anytime soon, so that's... You're already married, so... 21 years. 21 years, man. God, 21 years. Did you get married, like, right out of high school? No, it was a few years after. I mean, we uh, we went hard, and then mm-hmm. um, I met my wife, and she was best friends with my sister. We hooked up, and I was like, dude, we were married, like, instantly. 
Sometimes you just know, though, I feel like, right? Yeah, I mean, she's definitely had to, like, put up with my stupid shit. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm too much wild, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I have to tell her, like, I'm going to get drunk. I said, I'm going to get fucking drunk today. I'm going to I'm gonna pass out at the end of the day. We're going to have a lot done. I'm going to work all day. I'm going to do all sorts of stuff, including an interview. It's honesty, though. you got to be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, but th- I'm not, I'm not going to fuck a bartender. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> stupid. I'm not going to crash. Drive, piss the bed, beat the dog, do anything. It's because you're an upstanding gentleman, Dan. That's Williams. it. But will I put on a mud run? Will I conduct myself <laughs> hard all day? Yes. So here we <laughs> Now, uh, I have to say, you are a busy, busy man. And, I, and I've been running around like a madman, and I'm very happy that we actually got to get together to do this. And I appreciate you putting up with my insane schedule. Absolutely. Um, and i got to tell you, when we drove up here today, I took some of the crew up here with me for this. Uh, there's a lot of activity going up there. You guys are really bearing down. You guys are on the you're on the on the path. This was our first work uh, volunteer uh, work day. Normally oh, really? We just yeah. This was the first year where I said I cooked a mm. pig and a giant turkey last night. Smoked mm. it all night. Oh yeah, you're. And uh, Serenette gave me two kegs of beer, and I said everybody come, and we will absolutely put people in the right places and make this god darn thing mm. come together. It'll be like a one day boom. And of course, folks, if you uh, if you don't know, we are talking about the Daniel Barden uh, Mud Fest, the 2017 version. That's Saturday, April 29th, uh, up here at MKJ Farms in Deansboro, New York. What time is this starting? So it's going to start at nine. The five mile mm. actually kicks off at nine. We'll do a ceremony at 8:45. Wonderful. Yeah, where we light up a giant fire sculpture. That's the first thing we do is burn seven huge logs. And then once those kick off, we send the five milers packing. Mm-hmm. There's going to be almost 300 of them. They'll be on a course. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they go and get about an hour ahead, and then we send our first wave of 5Kers at mm-hmm. 10. Uh, every 15 minutes, we kick them after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we do half-mile kids run like 11 to 11.30. Mm-hmm. And, then nice. the, and then the kids just play on the course. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm going to forego the typical interview format because I want to get into a little bit of the, uh, the Daniel Barton story because I, and I'm assuming a lot of people like me, may not know where this race initially comes from and why you guys started in the first place. Would you be willing to share a little bit of that story yeah, with us? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So my uh, niece was in the Sandy Hook school tragedy where the 21st graders were mm-hmm. killed and the six administrators. And it, uh, I, I just, I, I, the day is surreal. I'll never forget it. I was uh, in Albany working. My wife said, hey, uh, Maggie, our niece, was in this uh, school. We didn't know. Mm. And uh, then later in the day, I got updates, and it was like, she's fine, but we don't know about Daniel. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, the rest of the day was like, it was, I was unbelievable to try to get through it, and I found out at like five o'clock at night that he hit, he was one of them that was lost. God. And I knew him well because he was best friends with my niece. They played together. They lived right next door. So every time we went down for a birthday party, he was the same age as my younger boy. Yeah. And it just absolutely shattered me. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I had to walk out of my sister's house and walk down to their house and say, what? What do I say? How do you say anything? Yeah, it was impossible. Oh, Sam, God. so we we hung out. Then we ended up coming back home, and then we went back for the funeral. We had to come home. I had stuff going on. The funeral was like four days later. We drive back down, and uh, I just remember going into that church, and there were, like, funerals going on one after another for all the kids God. all day long. Dear Lord. And we go in, and... Uh, 
everyone's just, I was just devastated like everyone. And uh, the last speaker got up, it was uh, Daniel's cousin, and she's like, if you can do something to make this world a better place, then do it. If you got something to say to change this, then say it. And I had just gone through a transformation, started working out, doing CrossFit, and just had always been about me and my business. Like what sure. you see with the mud run is what we do in our business. Yeah. That's how hard I work mm. all the time. So I just said to my wife, I'm like, we're putting a mud run on for these folks. Mm. We walked out of the church. I called Jack. I called my buddy Damon, uh, well, a guy that knew Damon at Saranac, mm. and we just got to put it together that first year. And what year was the first year for this? The first year was five years ago today, years ago. so it would have wow. been 2013. Mm. Uh, it was April 13th, I believe, was mm. the date. And so literally in four months, because we didn't start till after January, we built a course, we built a website, we built everything from the ground up. People, my community came together and people just did stuff. Yeah. You know, people put on chicken barbecues, they raised money, they... Everybody, my my darn lawn looked like Paul Bunyan's cabin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of interlopers. Don't get out. <laughs> so, a lot of interlopers in the studio. That's okay. Yeah. It's part. Of, it's part of the process, my friend. <laughs> so yeah, everybody just came together and just started working on this thing, mm. and it, it li literally became this cathartic mm. healing process where. You know, we just dealt with it, you know, in bites. That's amazing, though. Well, it's it's true, though, because, you know, you you have to take that energy and focus it onto something positive. Do you know what I mean? You can... I've seen a lot of... I've had a lot of sadness in my life. Nothing like, like yeah. this particularly, but when you have these, these moments of sadness and, and intense darkness, the only thing you can really do is try and take that energy and focus it in a positive way or reflect it back and do something good. And that's, and that's what's amazing about this mud run in general. And I find this to be just an, a wonderful event, and I'm, I'm so glad that it seems like, at least when I go out and talk to people about this, because I do talk to a lot of people about this. I work in the school uh, system, so yeah. in my day job, I hear a lot about this outside of my job in Maiden Utica. And what makes me happy is I hear more and more people who not only know about the event but get excited for it every year, and I'm glad that that seems to be the progression that we're going toward. So. We're building an organic, uh, positive movement, movement. I don't I don't want it to become commercial. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely want to grow it up, and I told Mark, like, my goal this year, our goal, our goal, not my goal now, sure. we have a team. But they, our goal is to raise over $100,000, mm. and then just to make it the iconic brand similar to a Boilermaker. We yeah. say we're the Boilermaker's dirty little brother. You know, <laughs> I, I wear that with pride. I've run the Boilermaker so damn many times. Oh, I've yeah. actually run from my house to the start of the Boilermaker God. and run the Boilermaker. That's insane. The what? last two years, I've run 30, whatever, 28 miles, almost 30 miles. Now you're just trying to make me feel bad about myself. I think. Well, no, no. All I'm saying is, like, <laughs> we can push the envelope further than we think. Like, what yeah. we've been able to do here, people, mm. like that work wall oh, we're yeah, building now. It's like, yeah. we can't do that wall. We don't have enough time. I said, no, we're going to build the damn wall. Mm. You know, focus on here's the end game. How do we make it happen? And we can do a lot more in life than we think. Now, I want to get into the course in general as well, but before we do that, I want to, I want to ask a couple questions about you, Dan, so we can get a little bit, uh, to know a little bit about you. Now, as a capital P professional journalist, uh, I did a little bit of research before I came in here today, but not as much as I probably could have. So, uh, Dan, let me ask you, were you born originally in Deansboro? Or yes. Yeah. 
so you you grew up here initially. You have I'm a hundred yards from where I actually was born. I have not. I've, I've literally moved from one house to the next on mm. the same road. So your family's still here everywhere. Uh, yeah. Well, my dad's moved away. My mm. sister actually moved back, and then my obviously my sister's in Connecticut. Mm. You know sure. where the tragedy happened. Mm. But oh uh, yeah, my wife's family's all here. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So you went school here as well, Deansboro School System. Waterville. Yeah. Waterville. What was that like growing up? Kind of. What was young Dane Williams like growing up? Well, I grew up on a dairy farm, so we, mm. we had to do things that were, like, beyond what adults would do. My dad had me doing stuff that grown men would do when yeah. I was eight. Mm -hmm. And then we just, he just kept handing us more and more complicated tasks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just... That's, that's fascinating, though, because I, I think about it. Like, we, we even laughed about it when we were sort of walking down here, you know. I was complaining today. Oh, I think you're, see, you're a busy, popular man, I'm telling you. Oh, right. Yeah. So one of the things I actually wanted to ask you about, and I, I sort of, we, I mentioned it as we were sort of walking down here. I, even though I grew up in Utica and I, I did spend some time in, in Brooklyn and New York City, um, I do sort of relate to myself as kind of a city folk in a yeah. weird way, right? Do you feel like there is a certain difference in, the, in values growing up rurally as opposed to growing up in the city? I'm, I'm always curious. Like, do you feel like it affected you in a different way when you go and see people who tended to grow up in the city? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that we ask our kids to do stuff like out mm. here where they have to think like they have to figure stuff out sure. they have to grab a ranch or you know we're more likely to mm -hmm. tinker and i'm probably on the more side of the excavation uh i i fart around with wood i definitely do carpentry sure. i'm not a mechanic right i got right. friends that are mechanics mm. welders cut shit mm. i can uh look at stuff and fabricate it and you know make stuff happen mm. but like all those things that I learned on the farm, like we, yeah. we, I can't, we can't find those people anymore. It's true. They've literally disappeared. Like the family oh, farms yeah. today are gone. And now what we're left with are people either renaissancing and figuring it out again for the first time yeah. or they're industrial farms. There's a bunch of immigrant workers and see, that's something that's like a whole foreign world there. So there is like big farming out there. That's like industrial oh, size. Farming. That's what's taken over our area. So really? we're, we're, yeah, we're down to like, I only know a few left. I know how, who to call when I need mm. the right person. Mm. And they literally, you know, cut their teeth doing stuff that their parents are like, hey, figure this out. Yeah. And that's what we did when we were kids. When I was five years old, I was on top of my 80-foot silo. Well, that's the thing, too. I think even to a certain extent, I think that's a sign of the times. Because I was even telling uh, a lot of the kids I work with, you know, um, when I was a young man, I would leave for the day, go around my neighborhood, goof around with my friends. When my mom wanted me to come back, she would just stand on the front porch and yell, Sam, dinner's ready, and we'd come running back to the house, right? Yeah. I don't think that my nieces and nephews are allowed to even leave the backyard without no. being supervised, right? And that's just, I think a certain amount of that is changing of the guard, changing of the times, I think. We've tightened up, and I think yes. for the wrong reason. I think uh, crime has gone down, but the, pu the publicity mm -hmm. of it has gone up. Mm -hmm. So even like this tragedy, like we're going to focus on this thing. It was a horrible thing, absolutely just... Mm -hmm devastated so many people yeah. and we'll fixate on that and we will hit the wrong bullseye. Yeah. The right bullseye is to go out and do what we're doing. We're promoting we've got 16 kids going on a canoe trip this year through the Adirondacks mm. and those kids are going to come back and be ambassadors and say we have the largest park in the nation 
in New York State within an hour of Utica. <laughs> and these kids go on an old Indian trading yeah. route up through 78 miles, and they become... It's amazing. The mm. stories I've heard, these kids coming back. Well, because kids are addicted to their cell phones. I sit in high school all day. And, and, and adults, yeah, yeah. too. So we, oh, so yeah. they, it's like we're catching them at their early age where yeah. we're saying, hey, they, they, I've had these kids go into schools, and the kids are all, when I say, you're not going to have your cell phone, oh, and then the kid goes, you have no idea how it liberates you. Oh, yeah. This whole group got together two years ago. Mm. Their counselor got cancer. Mm. A young girl, yeah, like in her 30s, not even, she was in her 20s, like a Hamilton College or a yeah. uh, Colgate grad. These kids rallied around her. Mm. They had a big uh, chain going. They kept in touch. Mm. They did stuff for her. They got together and had events. It had me absolutely crying. And it, and it was like actually kids from our area up here, because we do like Utica, yeah. straight through to Hamilton, Madison, Sequoia, Clinton, Waterville. Mm. Then we grab kids from like inner city Danbury, mm. Newtown, mix them all together, yeah. set them on the trip. Well, kids, and it's fascinating. Even today, I worked an event, a community service event for my job with a lot of the kids in the school. And, you know, when they're, and they are a little, like, standoffish or in the van driving up, they're all on their cell phones. But once we actually got out and you're walking in the trails and doing, those are the AIDS walk where it was we were right. today. You, you sort of get these moments of, like, real conversation. So, yeah, this seems like it was, this reminds me of what it was like when I was a kid talking to my, like. You just have yeah. to expose them to yeah. it. I listened to, I, you absolutely mm. have to expose them to it. Mm. And that's what we're hoping to do. Mm. Now, uh. So, Waterville, did you go to Waterville High School as well? Yes. And did you go to college as well, or did you always yeah. just sort of... So, I went to school. I went to Allegheny College uh, on a track scholarship, mm -hmm. cross-country, and ran there. And then I actually finished at SUNY IT. Oh, nice. Mechanical Engineering. So, Mechanical Engineering, did you... I, I'm not as familiar with what that degree would lead to. Like, what would you want to do with a Mechanical so Engineering Mechanical degree? was, like, all about... Uh, for me, anyways, it was... I, I, when I started doing it, it was all about building efficiencies. Mm -hmm. So, efficiencies in anything. You know, whether... It would be uh, a UPS factory sure. or, or whatever. You would use those skills to, you know, build structures. Mm -hmm. That's what I was interested in doing. Nice. What happened was my mom passed away. Suddenly, um, mm -hmm. the minute I got a job, I was working at Griffiths Air Force Base. And uh, I knew my dad was going to be really not in good shape with yeah. that. And so I came back and said, Dad, I'll fill in. I always mm -hmm. did built fence. You know, when I was a kid for him all through college. So I came and I just took the business over and I bought him out like eight years ago. And we've been, I've owned the company since then. Dan, if you don't mind me saying, uh, you seem to, and I mean this, I don't mean this in a, you seem to have experienced a lot of sadness in your life <laughs> in certain ways. Yet you have a very like positive demeanor and like worldview. Is that like something you've consciously yeah. cultivated or? Yeah, no, I think my mom was that way. My, my mom was like, very spiritual. I went to church a lot when mm -hmm. I was a kid. I'm not uh, going to church now, but I'm yeah. spiritual, and I, mm -hmm. I believe in the golden rule. Sure. And so sure. I take those Absolutely. beliefs that my mom gave me, mm -hmm. and I, I uh, put it to, mm. I put it to work. Yeah, yeah, good. That's yeah. all I do. Yeah. Um, well, it, I think it's really easy today to be cynical, right? Like, and I, I've noticed over, you know, I spend a lot of time in New York, and when you spend a lot of time in New York City that cynicism gets really sort of ingrained. And it took me a little bit of time to be more positive when I came back because yeah. I got so used to just being like, ah, gotta shake my head at this, everything's negative, but. We get nowhere yeah. with that. Exactly. We, we get nowhere with that. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. And mm -hmm. I told the Bardens this, yeah. we will do your mud run until it's an iconic mm -hmm. event. It will be the kind of thing that will be turning 20,000 people yeah. away. Mm -hmm. It'll be so super cool. And I'm we'll have to go to a bigger venue 
and it'll all be about love and it'll be all about the money going to other people it'll be turning um a blind eye to making money. We don't need to. Now, let me talk to you a little bit about the course itself. Uh, as I've mentioned, uh, we've mentioned it many times on Made in Utica and on the podcast. Uh, last year, we filmed the video here to do, show some of the events that you had going on. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. We had a wonderful time. And the course itself is phenomenal. Um, the course is, how long is the actual course? You have the 5K runners and you have... Five mile. Five mile runner. And Okay. Yep. And um, so what happens is that everybody starts at the same place, starting mm -hmm. area. Big old box. They go out. About two and three quarters miles into the 5K, mm -hmm. the five milers break off and they turn and then they run their own course from mm -hmm. there. Five, five Kers turn and they go down towards the finish line. Mm -hmm. So the five miles go off and they just grab a whole bunch of fun. They got uh, mm -hmm. darn near two, two plus miles mm -hmm. of their own terrain to, yeah. to handle and then they come back onto the 5k course and then they finish mm -hmm. on the work wall and also Paul Bunyan's cabin. Now that's the other thing we need to talk about. We need to talk about the amazing uh, obstacle course you seem to refer to as the Irish Ninja Warrior type course that's been built on here and it really really is absolutely fascinating the way that you guys built this stuff. So I need to ask you how did the idea to put the obstacles on the course, where did that come from, and how did that start? Like, it's, uh, well, I, I did a couple Tough Modders with mm -hmm. Jack, and that's what led me to you know, have the event here in the first place. Jack and I had done Tough Modders. Sure. I knew this place was going to be perfect for it. Mm -hmm. So the, the glaciers built half the terrain here for the obstacles. We've mm -hmm. got the views. Yeah. We go up through gravity cavities, slip and slide, meat grinder, mm -hmm. cliff some more. Mm -hmm. Next year, we're going to have another obstacle up in the quarry, which is going to be great. We don't even need to add it this year, mm -hmm. but that's common. Yeah. Um, at any rate, the, the whole terrain was set up perfectly for it. So I came out the first year with cross-country skis with my younger yeah. boy, and we cross-country skied it. We went up through it. It was, like, super <laughs> steep, and Jack's like, I think you ought to go here. And I'm like, dude, can we go here where it's really steep? He's like, I guess so. So that was gravity cavity, you know, so we went down. And then I'm like, hey, we should go up there and then go down there. And he's like, that's going to be slip inside. That's going to be meat grinder. And then I went up. I'm like, oh, shit, we got close some more right here. So we had five obstacles built, like, boom. Now, uh, I have to ask you this okay. Uh, I saw, I was going to ask you the initial look. Oh, hi, you're the cutest interloper we've had in here so far. Who are you, sweetie? What's up, Grandma's Magnet? <laughs> Grandma's Magnet. <laughs> uh, so I was going to ask you initially whether or not uh, you guys expanded the course every year. And that was answered for me as I drove up here today and saw you guys building a brand new obstacle. Is that another part of it you want to keep expanding? And yeah, we're making everything better. Yeah. We just did, uh, we, we, we uh, rechanged uh, Horizontal mm -hmm. Mamba. It was like this little knot that I got. It was Port of New York. It was a nice knot and everything, mm -hmm. but it wasn't very big. It was a bunch of cargo knot. So we canned that, and then we made four 50-foot trenches, yeah. painted it like an Irish flag. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it yet, but everybody's been up there <laughs> painting it, so apparently it worked out. And hey. now we're building the warp wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. I didn't no, so the warp wall is going to be our boom. It's our double feature. Yeah. You're going to hit the warp wall. People are going to be hanging out there, and I'm picturing... 1,500 people up through there just standing in that whole area watching Paul Bunyan's cabin and the warp, you know, oh, yeah. while we're calling it warped imagination. Well, I, uh, I took a couple photos, so I'm going to put that in the Instagram for our, uh, for our listeners so they can take a look at some of this before they see it this weekend coming nice. up. Uh, and before we get into the, um, 
the final lightning round one more time. Uh, that's going to be Saturday, April 29th at MKJ Farms, the Daniel Barden Mud Fest 2017. Uh, can people still register now? Absolutely. Okay. And also the day off, just show up. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's two. It's going to cost you five bucks to park a car. Okay. Make a donation if you feel like mm -hmm. it, and we, uh, like I said, 100% of the money goes to charity, so you're, it's mm -hmm. going to good places. We've got local charities. Is there a website you got? Yeah, bardenmudfest.org. Bardenmudfest.org. Yep, and then they can just come register the day of, too. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and again, folks, it's a great cause. It's a great, great, amazing I would call it like a singular style event. I don't know any other event. It's around a festival. Here. It's, it's a single-day festival. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, and Dan, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I'm so happy that we got to have this. And now it's time for the lightning round. So Dan, uh, I'm going to ask you the same six or seven questions that we've asked everybody who's been on the last 50 episodes of the show. And I'm going to start with our extra bonus question that we don't always ask: uh, If you, Dan Williams, could have dinner with any person, uh, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you choose? Oh, I would choose uh, Yvonne Chouinard, owner of Patagonia. Really? Yeah. I didn't know about What's his story? Is it someone fascinating or just... The guy uh, started building nothing in a garage and built his own uh, yeah. making metal in his chicken coop. And now he's uh, a billion-dollar company, <laughs> but he's given it all his money away. Mm, interesting. It's, or maybe Warren Buffett. Oh, I'd like to talk to Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to talk Love to Warren Buffett. <laughs> all right. So, Dan Williams, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Black mm. and strong. Black and strong. Very good. Very. Yeah, it's funny when we first started doing this. I say it all the time. A lot, like the first ten people who asked this question, all had fancy. The last like twenty are all just black. Black seems to be the dominant way to take your coffee. Yeah, why mess it up? Yeah, don't no, don't worry about the milk. <laughs> uh, what was your first automobile growing up? A 78 Chevy Nova. It yes. had a shit brown exterior <laughs> and a shit brown interior. <laughs> That's, I wrote a song about Chevy Novas back in Dude, the day. Dude, you could sleep in the edge of the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and shut the hood. Uh, so you may or may not have taken your Chevy Nova to see it. But what was your first live music concert? Billy Joel and I took that Wait. car to Hell yeah. At the Dome. At Joel the, the Dome? At the Joel uh, the Dome. My mom, okay, so growing up, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but I was born in 86. My mom, I was the youngest of three. My mom was a huge Billy Joel fan, uh, and her water broke in the shower on the way to a, she was getting showered to go to a Billy Joel concert nice. in Waterbrook so I I ruined yeah. her chance to see Joel um, oh, but I'm actually a big Joel fan because of it so oh that's cool alright so uh, give me one book one album one movie or one television show that you are currently uh, reading listening to or watching oh, what is the the, the... what is the Frank the Plank what's the sh oh um Frank the Plank. I know that's from. It's gonna piss me off. Is that is that old school? No, it's Frank the Tank. I'm thinking of Frank the Plank, the guy that falls down. It's like an HBO show, and he's like the father. He's like he played in Fargo. Oh, um, Shameless. 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 I'm yes, yes, Shameless yes. right now. Yo, Shameless. I'm I'm glad that it Shameless... makes me feel less drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless. What I like about Shameless is I was uh, back in the day when this is past the time when I can get in trouble for. I used to stream a lot of television on the internet that I didn't pay for, uh, and Showtime was one of them. I watched a lot of Shameless. <laughs> 
And now that it's on Netflix, I feel like it's all of a sudden had like this resurgence. Like a lot of people are like, yo, have you seen this show Shameless? I'm like, why is everyone talking about Shameless? I feel like this is an older show now, but I think it's like- I didn't have it. I'm telling you, I think that now that it's got this wider audience- My wife puts it on, I'm like, I'm so tired from the mud around. I'm like, do I have to watch it? I I know what Frank's gonna do. I just go to sleep. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, it makes me feel less drunk though. All right, let me, uh, well, it's it's hard to not when you're looking at that show. He's a great example. He's a great border to like- Frank Frank the Plank. All right, so I'm going to set a scenario for here. Uh, what's your sport of choice? You got a sport of choice? Running. Running. All right, well, I'm going to give you the wrestling scenario then in this Let's case. Let's go. All right, so you are the world wrestling heavyweight champion. You are walking down to the ring. The crowd is chanting your name. Dan, Dan, Dan. What theme song is playing in the background as you make your way to the ring? Mm. This is a tough one. It always stumps people. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I like I'm going to do a Jimmy Superfly snook off the top rope first thing. <sighs> I was just watching WrestleMania 7 before I came over here. I want you to know that. He got I'm, going, I'm going Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy? Fucking <laughs> All right, Dan, I got one last one before you. And again, you've been so you've been so generous with your time, and I really appreciate you taking time on a Sunday to do this. It's a real um, it's been too long. I wish I had gotten you on here. So much longer before this. We got to next year. All right, next year. Let's do it. Uh, but besides, uh, besides giving back to the community, uh, besides your family, uh, besides Billy Joel, obviously, give me one more thing that you, Dan Williams, are passionate about. Oh, I'm passionate about my family, mm-hmm. and um, I'm passionate about my community. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, the, that, the, so this whole thing is going to certainly, with the, the number one goal was to help the Bardens. That was the number one thing. Yeah. It wasn't about raising money. It wasn't yeah. about helping Dean's Pro. It's like get them back on their feet, and mm-hmm. they're there. They're gonna, you're gonna see them here. They're gonna be playing. Awesome. They're awesome. gonna be having. They, they've been texting me. <laughs> this is like the rebirth of their son. The best we can yeah. do. The second thing is my community. I want this to be that kind of thing where it's like mm. Dean's Row is on the map. Mm. Like people, it's Woodstock. Oh yeah. This is the new Woodstock. You come here, <laughs> and I won't be done until we're there. And when I say that to you, I'm not joking. When these little, these people, everybody that's here, they, they listen to me and they know, like, that's my passion. I want Dean's Row to be on the goddamn map. I want them to be like, boom. Yeah, I grew up in a family of bullshitters. I can tell that you are a straight shooter, and I totally, I'm totally happy to be here, and I'm excited. And uh, again, it's a great thing that you're doing for the community and for everything else, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. time to Dan Williams. Uh, a couple things uh, before I forget to mention them. Uh, you may have noticed in the interview, uh, 
again, we were in just the open barn. It was just me and Dan. If anybody's ever been to NKJ Farms, we were in that barn they normally do the wedding receptions in, but it was just empty. So it was like two, it was just two chairs in the middle of a giant empty barn. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And, you know, his whole family and friends are all running around the farm doing work, getting ready for the event. So there were a lot of interlopers during the course of the interview. So if you notice a lot of edits and people just coming in saying hello or bringing us drinks or beer or people just saying hi or little children running around, yeah, that was happening. It was quite the experience. It's true. Uh, again, though, great times. I think uh, that little toddler girl wanted to take your job. She was pretty good, though. I would have let her have it. Uh, Bardenmudfest.org. Well, she's pretty good. She had a better Maybe personality we'll the job, But how is she going to bring us the history facts? That's true. She doesn't have the history knowledge because she hasn't seen that much action of history. She hasn't seen the education. Says Mr. On This Day in 1642. <laughs> well, you know what? To, to be fair, this week, based on criticisms I've been receiving from one Kevin Sullivan, we are going to go in order this week. So they're going from oldest to newest this does week. Does that not make sense? It does make sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense logistically from where the stories are Because you're trying to parlay into another thing. Parlay into things. Mm-hmm. But today, uh, we will go in order. So, on this day, in 17... 17- 18. Uh, Daniel Defoe publishes the novel Robinson Crusoe. Um, all right, so a couple things. I'm a big book guy, and I thought this was a fascinating one. Um, so when Dan Defoe published this book, he actually published it as the character Robinson Crusoe. So when this book first came out, most people who read it were fooled into believing they were reading a travelogue of this person's adventures. It wasn't until years later that they found out that Dan Defoe was the author. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, also, Defoe, uh, as opposed to many other English writers at the time, was much more of an everyman. Uh, writers in the late 1700s tended to be more of the upper-class English elite. Uh, he was considered an everyman sort of writer, and he's also one of the first to bring around uh, realistic fiction. Uh, I actually read Robinson Crusoe when I was a kid, um, and that's like part of the reason, I think, is that there was a lot of stuff I tried to read because I wanted to get into these mm-hmm. books by like, these authors that I knew were considered like... You know, these greats. And, like, I remember trying to read Charles Dickens at a really young age. I think I tried to read, like, Tales of Two Cities or something. And I was, like, probably, I mean, like, nine or ten, like, really young, like, getting into large books. And I couldn't, like, understand the words, right? Because he writes in that very old English style. And I remember reading Robinson Crusoe, and I remember it being a little bit more accessible. A little bit more like, okay, I can understand this narrative and follow along. Uh, I hope I don't butcher this, but he uh, there's actually a genre of books that uh, is based around Robinson Crusoe. It's called uh, Robinsonade is the name of the genre, and it's basically any sort of desert island or castaway story uh, is under this genre title. So, 1787. Uh, that book, of course, is in the Library of Congress, which was founded on this day in 1800 under the order of acting president John Adams. Uh, in an effect to uh, preserve books that may be uh, important for use in constitutional purposes uh, today, the national. It's sad when they get rid of that. Yeah, stop about it. <laughs> uh, they probably won't be allowed in the library. Today, uh, it is our largest national library, and it is, of course, uh, our oldest cultural institute in the United States. So that's pretty Clock's cool. ticking. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, I'm actually going to D.C. this year in the summertime as really? part of my job. Yeah, I've How ne- long? Oh, cool. Uh, a couple days, three days. We're going to do all the touristy stuff. You guys ever been to D.C.? No, uh, I've no. never been there. I've never Driven been. Driven through, but never, like, never been out. Been so this is a little bit of a sad story. When I was a kid, I was supposed to go at middle school. We were going to go on the school trip to D.C. and do Smithsonian and all that kind of stuff, and I was really excited for it. And my grandfather passed away, so I couldn't go on the trip. And I've never been to D.C. since then. I've never really had the opportunity to go, so I'm kind of hyped up to go to yeah. D.C. this summer. Uh, I feel like it's, although Library of Congress seems seems dope, 
uh, Smithsonian is where oh, my, my bread is buttered, oh, right? Like, I feel there. like my problem is I've seen too many movies, so if I went to the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. I would instantly be trying to, like, sneak into, like, restricted access doors, <laughs> like, trying to get into, like, the basement where they keep, like, Nicolas Cage's copy of the Constitution or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, have myself you know, get into the catacombs. <laughs> Uncover the Relic. Did you ever see The Relic? That's, uh, it's a better book than a movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's not a great movie. Solid book, though. Yeah, great book. I wish I read books. You want some books? I'll send you some books. books. Send me some books tonight. (laughs) All right, on uh, on this day in 1977, Heather, this one may not be as much for you as it is for me and Kev. Okay. Uh, It was the first... weird. uh, I wonder what this is going to be. Legendary WWE superstar John Cena was born, and he celebrates his 40th birthday today. Happy birthday to... John like Cena. You're I such was... a mark. You don't like John Cena? She likes wrestling. I used to go with my father all the time. Well, I'm glad. I'm, Good. Really... I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... Well, yeah, you, you were very dismissed. Yeah, I wore he a just Hulk made a Hogan snap shirt. Judgment. I wore a you Hulk did wear the Hulk Hogan shirt, shirt that's right. Well, let me what's, ask you this question. What's, what's the matter? Sam, girls can't like wrestling? No, this ties oh, into my point. Just... Let's hold his feet over the fire. <laughs> Do you? Are you familiar with John Cena? So you're not familiar with John no, just Cena? Your, just your basic 80s wrestlers. Okay, well, because that, that's sort of my question, because no, John don't. Cena has been around for a long time, but he's probably not famous to the mainstream crowd yeah, as I'm, of yet. I was a mainstream kid rest, I wrestling. I betcha he's one of those guys that more people than you would think would see him. Like, oh, that guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That guy. Well, now that he's been on, like, Saturday Night Live and stuff. And all the movies. Movies and the recently. I probably would know if I saw him then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you see um, Trainwreck? Train no. Uh, Juicy Sisters? No. Oh, well then, no, I got nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this wasn't meant for me. Well, whatever, <laughs> Heather, it's his damn birthday. Well, I was trying to think of, like, who the most famous wrestlers outside of wrestling were. And I was just thinking, like, The Rock, obviously, Hulk Hogan, and Steve Austin. Those are the wrestlers, if you say, to just the normal layman. Macho Man. Yeah. Macho Man, Randy Macho Savage, man. yeah. And I guess the Ultimate Warrior. Undertaker. I like the Bushwhackers. And the Undertaker. Respect. Yes, yes, respect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and last Bushwhackers were cool. I love those guys. Yeah, they had the Bushwhackers. Dance. Yeah, they I were remember, like cross-eyed, yeah. which I'm I doing right now. And, like, I remember my parents being grossed out and horrified that they would lick kids' heads. Yeah, it's gross. Remember, like they'd walk, they'd walk down the it's aisle, disgusting. and like and they'd be doing their thing because they were like Australian, like savages, and they just grab a kid and just <laughs> lick his whole head, like. Oh my! No. Brought a, yeah, brought a crown tongue. With <laughs> I wouldn't him. want anyone licking my kid's head either. Yeah, but. especially big sweaty Australian no. wrestlers who were. Wearing camo pants and yeah. coke and to the gills, really taking steroids, <laughs> yelling. Uh, and last but not least, on this day in 1990, uh, the U.S. launched the uh, the spaceship uh, slash telescope, the Hubble telescope. It took three years, though, for them to fix a lens abnormality and for us to get back some important discoveries. It's because we're not putting enough money in the budget for NASA. Yeah, so that's why it took three years. How you doing, Science March? Uh, some of the things the Hubble, <laughs> Hubble telescope helped us discover uh, was comets hitting the surface of Jupiter, uh, the surface of Pluto, uh, numerous glass uh, gas clouds, and black holes. Also the Transformers on the dark side of the moon. That's true. That's true. Unicron. He was very horrifying. Unicron. Mm-hmm. He was trouble. Uh, we didn't get into our Earth Day list in the first segment because we got up talking about other stuff. Do you guys want to bust into some of this Earth Day list that I found here for us? Is it a good list? Is it fun? I don't know. Is we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out. It seems like a good list. I'm not sure. Um, Alright, so uh, again, Earth Day was this weekend. Uh, and this was just a list of 10 things that you could do around the house to help save the Earth. Uh, so I figured it'd be fun if we went through this list to see if we do any of these things, or if we're guilty of any of these bad habits, or if there's something here that maybe we can learn from this list and take going forward. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Uh, number one, and I'm going to tell you right now, I read this one already, and I have a bad habit with this. Pay attention to how you use water. Uh, every time you turn off the water while brushing your teeth, you're doing something good. 
A leaky toilet can be wasting 200 gallons of water a day. Uh, I have a bad habit of turning the sink on to do the dishes and then walking away to do something Guilty. else. And the sink will be on Guilty. for like six Even when I'm brushing minutes. my teeth, I'm like, Zach comes in and he turns off the water. He's like, what are you doing? I got a funny story about uh, the cost of a leaky toilet. Mm. When I used to live in, I used to have a house uh, up on 12B headed towards Clinton with a couple friends of mine. And we had, our rent deal was, uh, everything was included. So we just paid and all, all the water and the electric and the heat and everything was included. And we had a leaky toilet. The thing would constantly leak, so it would basically run 24 hours a day. We were always like, ah, oh, we should fix that. We got to fix it. We got to fix it. And it's one of those things that gets put off. Because every time you think about it, you're just doing something else passing through. We got a call from our landlord at the end of the month because the toilet water had been running mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. And he's like, ah, uh, why is the water bill? I can't, I wish I could remember the number, but it was something wild. He's like, why is the water bill $2,400? <laughs> like what? Because it's literally just been nonstop running water in the toilet for like four weeks. Oh, God. So yeah, if your toilet's leaking, fix it. Energy-saving toilet. We have one. Do we have? You have an energy saving. Yeah, basically, it, you almost can't buy one that's not these days. Yeah, they, oh, really? they only yeah. have a little bit of water in them. They're called low-flow toilets. Yeah, and oh. you can either hold it down for a longer flush or a quick flush, so it uses less water. I see. Oh, okay, with the two buttons. No, it's I just s- the way you hold. If you're gonna hold the thing down or that the seems, little. It seems very complicated for me. It's not. It's oh. You'll get it's it. Not. It's not. Can we just? Can we take a minute? Well, to if res- your stuff doesn't go down, then you know it's just you gotta hold it down. I guess so. Take a second to respect the fact that we have invented this. Like, you guys are done. I'm done. She can't take it. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kev. I was listening. No, I know, really. I lost no, it. I no, get, hear get it. to the next one. This All right. Important. We got to move. All right, move on. Uh, uh, here's a good one. Leave your car at home. If you can stay off the road just two days a week, you reduce greenhouse emission gases by an average of 1,500 pounds a year. I don't know if that's good or not, but that sounds good. So leave your car off the it also says combine your errands, which I'm a big fan of. I love to combine like multiple errands into one trip. See how many things I can get done all in one trip before getting home. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game to play with yourself. Uh, okay, I got, I got, I got to take an issue at number three, which is walk or ride your bike to work, school, or anywhere you can. All right, fine, I get it. It's, it's easier said than done. That's all I'm saying. Much easier said than done. <laughs> I'm not interested in getting on my bike and riding. I'm saying you get to work, you're all sweaty yeah, and gross. Yeah, you're gross and like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what kind of like pie in the sky, not really real job these people have. Where like I have to be honest, my husband used to do it for like five years. Yeah, but if you work. can, if you can do, if you have the the type of job where you have like where you can either show up like mm-hmm. sweaty having just biked, yeah. or if you have the luxury of getting to work and like hopping in the shower and changing clothes or something, yeah. But, like when it's ninety degrees out, you had a bike two and a half miles to work, and then you've got a meeting mm-hmm. ten minutes when you get in there. We're gonna show up to a meeting sweating in like spandex shorts just all over the Maybe place. Maybe better for like the younger like generations who like work at like Yeah, the millennials and Gen yeah, Z. They're all about on fancy bikes. Well didn't they do an episode of The Office where they happened with Jim where he'd come into work or he was biking into work every yeah. day? <laughs> like Yeah, that's that's one like also I work like far away from where I live. If I biked to my job every day, I would never make it to work. I would I would fall over and pass out. Uh, all right, number four. This one just says recycle. Uh, good call. I suppose. Thanks. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> yeah. Hot take, Hot though. Tip. Yeah. Hot take, though. We were just talking to one of our roommates here who uh, doesn't believe in the recycling methods that we've established at our house. We've done a very easy job That's here. a trash lie that he says because he's lazy. Yes. I know that. But we've made it really easy to recycle here. We have multiple bins for multiple things. Put them in the bin that goes there. They're always there. It doesn't need to be that hard. I think he does it just to spite us. Part of it. That's part of it. That's you think it's always, part of it? It's always part of it, yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, also, here's one. Okay, I think I need. Do you know anyone who composts? We do. You compost? <laughs> All right. So get into composting here with me. Tell me so how this we works. We have. Um, my husband does all the stuff in the back, but um, we have these little bins at home that are on the counter. Mm-hmm. And all our food goes into except for meat, because you can't compost meat. And okay. um, so you can put like all your vegetables and everything in there. I hate it. I'm I'm sorry, environment. <laughs> I can't stand it. It smells. Wait, even you even... can't you can't stand the bucket of rotting trash and organic <laughs> material on the countertop. <laughs> put so, it outside. Amy, <laughs> no, but I'm like I don't have time to always do it because so we, it rots quickly. And we have compost bags, and they yeah. those will compost too. And then you take them out back, we put them in a bin, and you can shit you um. Like, uh, shift it. Do you put them outside? I don't. He used to. Okay. I, I'm just like... It would make more sense to. if I had a garden, right? They, yeah. I, I don't... We don't he want, he keeps saying he's going to bring the garden back, so the compost pile in the back, I mean, it's like... Well, I can't. Compost. Throw out your trash later. I think... We're going to have a Utica, like, landfill in the back of our house, I, but... I do feel like all the things I buy to eat don't compost, like Taco Bell or Coca-Cola oh, yeah, or cereal yeah. or all Most those... the stuff you buy to eat is either a neon color or glows in the dark. I respect him a lot for, for wanting to do it and being so passionate about it, but I just... If I, it's it's another one of those things. If it makes sense for the lifestyle, right? Like if you live on like a bunch of land and like that's your thing in your garden. We, we live in Utica. Right? By in all the means. City of Utica. By <laughs> all means. Well, yeah, but you. I mean, our backyard is literally paved, oh. so like we don't have a place to put the compost. Well, oh, I throw it away a lot. So here's Sorry. an interesting. Here's an interesting one for you. Apparently, driving slow. If you drive sixty miles per hour instead of seventy miles per hour, you save four miles per gallon. When the joke's you're on you. Speed limit's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> also, accelerating and braking too hard uh, can reduce your fuel economy. So that's why I'm such a terrible <laughs> fuel economy. Yeah, it works for you. Oh, that's why God. you spend $100 a week on gas it's, and a Honda Accord. It's true. <laughs> it's a six-cylinder. Come on. Oh, it's got some pep to it. Whoa. Uh, turn off lights when you're not in the room and unplug appliances when you're not using them. Uh, again, I like to the house when it's a little darker than lighter, so that's usually not a concern for me. Mm-hmm. I had a friend, though. Let's, we'll call him a friend for the sake of this argument who left lights on in his house so often that it became an issue with the other roommates, so they would, like, yell at him for it. So I... That's how... I, I know who you're talking... That's how he grew up, though. You go up to... <laughs> really? Honestly, you go up to his parents' house. Those people turn on up. every light in the house. They leave them all on. They leave every TV on, and they sleep like this. When you go up to their house, and they're sleeping, like, for the most part, you'll catch lights on all over the house, and the TV in every bedroom is on. <laughs> Loud. I'm- it's a wild I way to live your life. I turn on every light when I come home, though. I'll walk the living room light on, kitchen yes. light on, bathroom light on, and then at the end of the night, I do turn them all off and everything gets turned off. But still, I will walk through the whole house and burn energy. See, I'll walk, I'll walk, I'll walk through the house like the dark. No, I'm scared. Mm, love I'm it. scared of the dark. Different. I even have a little closet light on. Different life experiences I take for granted, like a jump out of my closet, please. Yeah, I'm scared. Please, I've probably had a what long day. What am I going to do? Come talk about it. That's, you're exactly right. That does make sense. I got to tell you, my cousin, uh, a couple years ago, did this thing where she was unplugging all of her appliances oh, when she yeah. wasn't using That's, them. You should. And her energy bill was cut in half. Yeah, they said mm. unplugging. Like, she was unplugging. Oh, like, Phantom like, Power. Yeah, yeah, Phantom yeah, yeah. Power. Phantom mm-hmm. Power. I mean, even right now, you got that PS4 in that room. It's unrest It's not on, but it's drawing Phantom Power, and it's still got like four different games loaded up, yanking a lot of amperage out yeah. of there, even she though you're not using it. I know I could get some gaming action and I gotta finish those games. Just make it worth it. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Um, so I think that's all we need to do for the other ones. Are all kind of straightforward. Oh, you don't have any more hot tips like recycling? Yeah, uh, yeah clean. Uh, it does say clean your air filters, which actually is something that people don't do. We, Huge. When they went to do our heating filters, apparently they told us that they were disgusting. Oh, I believe it. Have a, we have an air filter, an air purifier in our house mm-hmm. that you can turn on. Those are always nice. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always sad uh, also, you know, changing your light bulbs, getting yourself them energy efficient light bulbs that look real sharp anyway. And uh, 
underinflated tires decrease fuel economy. That's very true. And oh, and you know, real quick, very when you're talking true. about the light bulbs, your um, the electric company sends you a thing to let you know if your electric is energy efficient. I just so got that. That's something you can kind of pay attention to. I also like, know a guy's got about 300 of those bulbs in his garage, so if somebody wants them, hit me up on Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> Slide into those DMs. <laughs> For he just DMs. he thought it would be like an investment to like buy all these bulbs, so he's literally got about three hundred of like the energy efficient bulbs just stashed away in a garage. So like his family loves it because they just grab as many as they need all the time, and they last for like eleven years a piece. So odd, but it's very it's odd. odd. <laughs> uh, relative to the per- he's a relative to these same people that leave their lights on twenty four seven. It's a right. it's a different brother in okay. that organization. <laughs> Oh my! How many questions are there? Oh, we're not going to do all of them. We're just going to do a couple. Uh, So for some fun this week, before we close out, uh, I was reading through my sources this week, and somewhere along the way, I stumbled across a list that GQ put out, which was the 49 to 50 best questions you could ask on a first date. 49 to 50. There's a lot of them, and some of them, we're going to, they're varying levels of quality, so I figured it'd be fun if we bust into a few of these here. Got some scorching hot takes. Let's get through them. (laughs) Scorching hot takes. So here's a couple first date questions. Number one. So, if you could, uh, I'm going to read this like I was telling it to somebody on a date. Yeah, this I You talk like this on a date? No. Have Uh, I been? Yeah. Yeah. So. This is what I've heard. This is what he does. (laughs) And she's gone. And she's gone. And she's gone. All right, sorry. Uh, if you could hop on a plane right now, where would you go? What? Okay. <laughs> I feel like... What? I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this list a little bit. And I feel like this thing is, if you, number one, if you need a list to, like, memorize of questions... Like, they're down here like this. Stay home. Hands Just, down. like, stay home. Like, this is all basic conversation <laughs> stuff. And, like, it's all fine. I like, would... regular things say, like, oh, what are your, like, dreams and goals? Like, that's a regular conversation. Yeah, where you were. Well, like, what's it just, like... Mm, I don't know. The mahi looks good. Oh yeah! If you could hop on a plane, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of? I don't trust uh, the type of person who would need this list to get this list off in a regular maybe they meant, way. Like, to incorporate it into yeah. your conversation. Oh. Yo, but for real though, if you could hop on a plane right now, where would you go though? <sighs> the living room. Living room would be tight. <laughs> away. Yeah. Away from this. Away from this. I'd go to California and I'd visit my aunt Mary. Hmm, That's what I'd do. How about you, Heather? I would go back to Aruba. Aruba. I feel like being in the ocean and the sun right now. You an ocean sun person? Like you're if you like any She's you an tropical vacation? She's an outdoor person. Like Full outside. stop. But do you prefer like the tropical outdoors or like the temperate outdoors? I temperate. Temperate outdoors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Tropical outdoors are the biggest scam going. Oh, really? Yeah. But it, it was fun. Going. I know when I went. Heat, but, humidity, um, mosquitoes the size of tennis balls. Oh yeah, they're horrible. Don't go after hurricane season. They'll kill you. Anyways, next topic. Next I was gonna say Nicaragua or oh. Costa Rica. Huh? All right. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> Alright, ready? Mm. <laughs> you trying to get robbed in the air? Roll up in Nicaragua. One of the favelas of Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard that Nicaragua is nice this time of year. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, you're a Sandinista. All right, all right. I'm getting back into date mode. Okay, so, <laughs> what's something I wouldn't guess about you? <laughs> oh, well, something you wouldn't guess about me? We've got bodies in the freezer. Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, I'm yeah right. A crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been married. Four times. <laughs> uh, that's a rough one. I would something. I, I don't feel like that's something I might want to release to somebody on day. I, I, <laughs> I don't think. I don't, I don't think you can just quiz show people. No. You can say anything you want mm. to anybody on a date. It'll go off Maybe if you frame it. Speed dating. Speed dating. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right, number three. Here we go. So how about this one? <clears throat> what are you the most passionate about now? This is a question that we ask on the Uticast every week, so I'm offended that this is <laughs> the date questions. Uh, but this is probably 
not a great date question either. Because what if they give you something super passionate that you hate? Well, now right? you know. Now you know, I suppose. Yeah, that's a bad, like... Maybe it is a good date question then. Maybe I take it back. You're like, all right, this is over. And we're done. Yeah, she's like, uh, well, I'm really into climate change denial. Oh, we're done here. Okay, good. Um, hey, I'm an idiot too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's your dream job? That sounds like you're going to offer somebody money to come back to your house and post some photographs. Know, yeah. That's, that's what that sounds like. Especially when you say it like that. <laughs> I think it's the voice. It's like I'm on a creepy date right now. Can I hear another date voice? Yeah. Can you, Do you have, you have a secondary date voice? What's your date voice? Can I don't have a date voice. I've just got a voice. Oh, yeah, it's our voice voices are our date voice. voice. Oh. Who's that's why my date's That's your date voice. You think I bust out like I've been on double dates with you and he just rolls up and he does that weird lean on the elbow. He's like, so. <laughs> I can, Makes perfectly good eye contact. <laughs> I'm going to order the pineapple. And if you just, could order oh. any fruit, what would it be? Maybe if you could order any entree off this menu, what would All it right, be? Because so I have to go. <laughs> All right, so for the sake of argument, I'll read it as a different non-date no, creepy voice. No, 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 I, I love the creepy voice. No, no, no. no. All right, so maybe I'll just read it as Funkhauser. So, what's your dream job? Is that a good one? How's that one? I don't know. <laughs> Funkhauser might be too deep color. All right. All right. Uh, no one wants to tell you your dream job? A uh, professional wrestler. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of, like, a, uh, an heir to a fortune. Heir to a fortune is <laughs> a great job. An heir to a fortune would be an excellent if job. If I could live, if I could make money to play outside, I would do that. Play outside. Yeah. If I could just, like, do my favorite activities outside. Like, to get paid money. to do stuff I love. Like, yeah. that's, mm. I mean, there's not, you know. Podcasting. This is my dream job, guys. This is it. This is you've made. You've made it to the mountaintop. You're already, you're already there. Uh, and this one, this one just made me. Is this the last one? This is the last one. Because you've got fifty questions. Right? No, like we're doing no. Five is enough. I can't take any more of these. Uh, number five. What? <laughs> Are you ready for this? That voice is like harming. It hurts. It hurts my chest. <laughs> you guys are just popping his head forward. What sort of things make you laugh out loud? Your voice, please. <laughs> Oh no! You're single right now, right? Uh, Perpetually, as a matter of fact. So if you are, I could. These are all so weird. They're bad. We can do more next week if you want. These are all. Do a couple of weeks. We'll do a couple of weeks. I'll save them for next week. I want to see if I can find you. Keep keep running the show. I'm gonna see if I can find something weird. All right, so folks, thank you for joining us this week. Again, folks, follow us all over. Oh, Twitter. Uh, you have a new Twitter handle, yeah. don't you, Heather? So it's, share your new Twitter handle. Very exciting. It's Heather Waz One, number yeah. one. Yeah. So follow her if you want that that more personal, intimate take on what our good friend Heather has to say on Twitter. What was your yearbook quote? <laughs> oh, do you want to do that one, Rico? Because I remember That's, my yearbook quote. I don't question. remember mine. I don't remember. What are your quirks? That's a. How do you know your own quirks? I don't know. You don't. Yeah. What's the best? What's the worst pickup line you ever heard or dished out? This well, one right here, you. sir. You're These the questions. Worst. <laughs> what's the worst pickup Bye-bye. line? Oh, I got one. What's the worst pickup line you've ever heard? Hey, do you want to be on a podcast? That's the worst pickup line I've ever used. Oh, you fired that one off quite a bit too. I've, I've used it a lot. That doesn't get ladies. It. Once in a while. Once in a blue moon. Uh, guys, so follow us on the show at Uticast on Twitter. Uh, you can also get on us at Facebook, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, 315Live. And actually, you know, before we go, this is actually interesting. We are no longer on iTunes because iTunes is no longer the name of the service that produces Apple Podcasts. So now... Follow us on Apple Podcasts. I have to stop calling it iTunes. Oh, God, now. these people are so dumb. It's 
it's like they're in a competition to be like, let's see how many horrible things we can do until people finally jump ship. Yeah, well, I agree. Like, what with a you. joke! Apple is it, going isn't it? It's crazy. Downhill yeah. completely. As somebody who's I've been way off the Apple for a long time, we've seen wow. the show, I mean, so we can talk about it once we get done with the wrap up here. <laughs> Fire it up because I know Sam's desperate. No, it's fine. He's desperate to get off the He's air like, and Snapchat some of these questions to some women. Some former podcast guests should get ready for some of these questions. Hello. All of them. Yeah, Phil Farty, get ready for all these questions. Dan Williams, too. You're Dan man. Williams. Uh, again, folks, thank you for everything. April 29th, Utica Day, Barton Mud Fest. It's going to be a great time. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Oh. We will We will see you next week for episode 97. Bring your headphone jack. <laughs>